know this is a silly question before I ask it, but can you Americans speak any other language besides English? This is Best Pictures, the podcast where we pick our favorite movies for every year we've been alive. I'm Cody Lunsford, and I'm joined, as always, by... I'm Chad, and that's a bingo! Is that the way you say it? I'm Mark, and you, you just say bingo. Yeah, so on this show, we are trying to find the best movies of our entire lives. So we take it year by year, and each one of us get a pick, and we talk about that movie. We're kicking off 2009, mm. which is an, uh, a year that we remember well. Uh, what was happening in the world, Mark? Um, Barack Obama, Obama was president. He was not, Obama uh, was president. Uh, we recovered from uh, the economy crash. I don't think that's true. We started recovering <laughs> from the economy crash. We passed that really sure. big bill. Yeah, things are all better yeah, we now. Starting. Yeah. Yeah, and it's all better. We yeah. all started high school. Yeah, I was we a freshman. We did start high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wait, were... no scratch that we started in 2008, but we. Oh yes. uh, yeah. But like basically, yeah. we were we were nearing the end of our freshman year. My parents got a divorce this year, so. Oh. Yeah. Congrats oh. <laughs> to Thanks. them. Yeah, it was in January. They'd been separated for six months. Mm. Uh, but at the beginning of this year, they finalized their divorce. Mm. Um, so that's that's that timeline. So uh, Michael Jackson dies in two thousand nine. Rip. I remember the first time someone told me I thought they were telling me a joke about uh, right choking on the nuts, the twelve year old nuts. Oh, great. Uh, um, <laughs> we NASA launched the final space cool. shuttle mission. Let the record the show that I pulled mine out of my memory, and Cody's looking this up. <laughs> No, I you, okay. Yours was Obama My, was president. Yeah, no, that I'm was a big that, deal. He was inaugurated. I'm not, in I'm not January of this year. Mine were better okay, than yours. Enough. I'm just saying that be, the reason mine were so vague. Oh, because, I'm sorry. America's first black president uh, isn't a big enough deal for Cody. No, it is. It's just an easy thing to go to. But something that also happened is Sully landed on the fucking Hudson in 2009. How many oh, lives did he save? Oh yeah. How many souls? Oh, hold on. I need to just, I don't want to fuck this up because I do think. It's very important. Hey, and I just want to, this is an anti 155 souls. 155 souls, he said. 155 souls is how many but souls. But there saved. was one bird soul that was lost that day. It's one, worth it. One goose or whatever it was. Shut up. This is a movie podcast. So yeah. we should talk about movie things from 2009. What do you guys think were the two highest grossing movies of 2009? Sully? I'm kidding. <laughs> no. No, it came out later. Yeah. They weren't that quick. Um, what if they no. were filming a documentary while that happened? <laughs> I though? mean, it just so happened. It was just a boring ass so, like, pilot documentary. And then it's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> it was just a training video. Yeah. So number one is obvious, right? It's Avatar. Right? Um, Highest grossing movie of the year is Avatar because it's also the highest grossing of all time. Well, not according to the peoplehistory.com slash 2009.html. Well, that seems reliable. That's maybe go to like Box Office Mojo or something. Like, well, I will never do that. The um, numbers. Do, numbers, Mark? I don't know. I don't, I'm not, I don't do this nerd shit. I don't 2009 like 2009 box office. Cody, if you're going to introduce a new segment, come with like a little bit of preparation next time. Okay, well, this is bizarre because you're right, but okay, this is domestic box office. Mm-hmm. And Avatar wasn't the number one domestically. That was just. You got to think about the fact it came out in December. 
Right. So it made most of its money in 2010. Well, it made a fuck ton of money in 2009, but yeah. for it to get to that huge number, it was 2010. I mean, it stayed in Then they did for like a pretty year. immediate re release yeah. of it. Yeah. And then they've re released it since. So they re released uh, it this year and it passed Endgame again. Right. Uh, so top five, Avatar was five. So what do you think? Oh, was Harry Potter. One? Harry Sorry, Potter I, was number two. I've now, Ooh. full disclosure, I pulled up the letterbox list of movies that came out in 2009. That's fine. That's fine. Um, That's a fine way to do it. Now, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince was the second highest grossing movie it, of 2009. It's not The Hangover, is it? No. Hangover came out in 2008. And Iron Man also came out in 2008. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's, not a, it's not one of the Marvel ones. Because there wasn't another one until it was not a mar not a Marvel movie. Yeah. The the first movie is a DreamWorks film. It is a franchise. Um, I mean, is it one of the Shreks? Nope. Um, it's not it, Star Trek, right? Nope, not Star Trek. Even though Star Trek does come out in two thousand nine, Star Trek is two thousand or is seventh um, on this DreamWorks? list. Hmm. So it's a DreamWorks film. That this is the third um, of oh a- Twilight New Moon. Nope. Twilight New Moon is fourth, though. That is a summit movie. So you've got two, four, and five. Transformers. Dr- Shit, I said it. <laughs> oh, it's Transformers. Revenge Which, of the Fallen. Yes, it's Revenge of the Fallen. Um, now, now let's play this game. Hold I'm, on. I'm, There's, you're missing I'm, I'm sorry. the third highest grossing Go ahead. movie. Okay, initially you asked for the top is it, two. Is it Zombieland? But, sure. Yeah, but we've already done the four around it. Is um, it Zombieland? It is not Zombieland. It um, is a Disney is it up? Yes, yeah. it is up. Um, okay, so I have Letterboxd 2009 sorted okay. by film popularity in mm-hmm. general. Right. Where do you think Transformers Revenge of the Fallen falls? Hmm. Oh, um, probably like 23rd is what I will say. I'm going to very close. I'm going to say 22nd. Um, It is uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight rows down times four is 32, 33rd. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, that tracks. It's not a well-received movie necessarily no um i don't know that it's the worst transformers it's not the worst Transformers. i haven't movie. seen it because i've only i saw the first transformers movie and i was like this isn't good and i didn't watch anymore and then i watched bumblebee because it's a wow movie. a man of taste to be able to tell that the most popular boys movie in 2007 for seventh graders was bad so i mean i didn't like best. it sorry Sorry. i did i i thought it ruled i was like <laughs> robots there's a girl. The visual effects stand up as being incredible, but I just thought like this is kind They're of... incredible but look ugly at the same time. They look Like I don't like the design of the robots. They look like as real as I guess it could. Sure. I don't know. It's Michael Bay is very talented at, at that kind of thing. At like creating right. um noise this, <laughs> on this the huge spectacle right. of, of yeah. noise yeah i mean he's yeah. he's incredible no one does it like him but i don't like the movies yeah they're not very good um, what do you think is the uh is the number one letterbox most popular film of 2009 2009 it's not avatar because not, not enough that's people four. Not enough people have journeyed to Pandora and witnessed the mighty I mean, majesty of the mighty Akron. I mean it is number four in the letterboxed I am gonna. So, I'm gonna. I think it's the movie we're talking about today. I think it's Hurt Locker. Mm-mm. No, it mm. is the movie we're talking about today. Yeah, okay. I fully think it's yeah, the movie we're talking about tracks. today. Where is the Hurt Locker on this list? 
Um, I'm, I'm just thinking about Letterboxd, like... Hurt Locker might not even be on wow. this list because okay. it might have been released the year before. It was. Technically. Yeah. It was. That uh... is the thing about it. Yes. It Because Letterbox always picks up the year that it like premiered a at a festival or something, or something yeah. which has fucked us up before. Because <laughs> the Hurt Locker, that was the whole thing where like it beat Avatar and Best Picture. Yes. And... It's fully a 2009 movie. It just yeah. premiered at yeah, yeah. a festival yep. or something in 2009. Um, the Hangover. Is Lassist 2009 on uh, Letterboxd, though? And y'all were saying it was 2008. So I thought I, it was. I, maybe it is 2009. I was 2008. That was Cody saying 2008. I, I, w- I thought it was. I, I, I can accept being wrong. I the, just r- really thought it was. The, the top five Letterbox 2009 movies are Inglorious Bastards. Which up. we're talking about today. Because we're not me. talking about Up. Fantastic Mr. Fox. Which we are talking about Good next movie. time. Avatar. Good uh-huh. movie. 500 Good Days movie. of Summer. We are not okay, talking about okay, that one. Maybe. So Cody's doesn't make it into the top five. Um, no. Which one's yours? But that's because Cody's? it's slept on and underrated. Princess and the Frog. Uh, oh, yours is in the top 20. Where is where's the bonus? 19. Where's the bonus in it? Does it show up on the... Um, the bonus? If the bonus is what I think it is, it's like 15. It is. Cool. Um, all right. So that's fun. Everyone loves it. Please clap. Um, so, so we've, I mean, this is kind of how we go through and pick our favorite movies for every year we've been alive. We, we go to, um, Letterboxd sort of by year and then pick which we think is the best from it. Well, and Chad has picked in Cody, I'm Bastards. sorry. I need to be more specific. We filter uh-huh. by year. Yes. And we sort by your rating. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but Chad has uh, picked *Inglorious Bastards*, and it's a good movie. We, we applaud his bravery. Nobody would be brave enough to pick that movie. Nope. It's, it's by this guy. You may not have heard of him, but he's like a he's a director, and uh-huh. his name is Quentin Tarantino. Right. He makes movies that are weird. They're not he, like other movies. Look, Quentin Tarantino was the one who taught me it was okay to be weird. Uh, oh, gosh. <laughs> Can I call dibs on tweeting that when he <laughs> dies? If Twitter's go around? for it, because I never will. Okay, <laughs> that's a joke I will make internally <laughs> to my friends, uh, not when, in public. When Quentin Tarantino dies, I'm finally going to release some feet pics. I've been storing <laughs> just, some up. I've just been holding off because I know he would love them, and I, I don't want that. I, I don't need him to see those before before it's ready. Yeah, uh, but. Look, we're not talking about Quentin Tarantino yet. We have to stay right. modern as well. We have to we we can't just solely look back at cinema and only respect historical films, like films from the past, like The Hangover and Transformers Revenge mm-hmm. of the Fallen, the, those classics. We also must talk about what's coming out now at our local megaplexes. So let's start with a movie you know <laughs> two what? movies that uh, got a lot of golden globe nominations today cody i don't think you've ever At started golden this globe segment Oscars. because you always pass because it off i'm always introducing it yeah why don't you why don't you start it for once sorry if i seem distracted it's because i'm trying to remember what movie i'm supposed to talk about so continue <laughs> you're talking about the best picture front runner mark um <laughs> i already talked about charles chicago seven. Oh, sorry are, are you lies. are you yeah, i'm kidding are uh uh <laughs> I don't know. Never mind. Okay. I was gonna. I was <laughs> trying to make a pun. I was trying to make a pun off of the uh-huh. movie Nomad Land. I was gonna ask, "Are you mad, man?" But that didn't really work. Yeah, so, you. Uh, you could not then... Nomad Land that joke. Am I right? 
Okay, so Mark, Mark, now that you you've invoked the name of the film, you do need to talk about it first. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I will. Um, it's good. So Nomadland, (laughs) great. Nomadland is the first uh, Academy Award winning movie directed by an MCU director. Uh, I'm assuming it's gonna win. Um, that's one best picture. Yes, yeah, because JoJo won. Taika got it for JoJo. Yeah. He specifically won the Oscar for writing. Um, JoJo, but Rabbit. I think I mean I think they will be the two. Does Kenneth? Does Kenneth have any Oscars? Kenneth does have an Oscar, but he shares his with Shakespeare. He yes, won he, an Oscar for best it. adapted screenplay for of Shakespeare for the most faithful adaptation of Hamlet that's ever been made. Yeah, like, true. It's kind Un- of annoying. Nah, you got to respect a fucking legend. <laughs> it's wild. Um, that's okay, a, yeah, so, I, I guess so. so Kenneth, it is, it um, is insane that she's literally following up this like gorgeous, thoughtful, grounded movie featuring. Actors, mostly non-actors mostly non-actors playing themselves about nomads kind of trying to figure out how to live outside yeah. of the economy that's falling apart around us and she's following that up with uh space gods really space know gods, space, yeah. gods. Yeah, it's uh, space gods there's gonna be some medieval shit Kumail, yeah, it seems Kumail to be time is travel high. of sorts yeah Kumail has a jawline and he looks incredible. And, I yeah. said time travel. I don't think it's time travel. I think it just spans hundreds of years. Yeah, I think so too. Is Thanos in this movie? Thanos is Could an be. eternal, but I don't know that he's in the movie. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. But back to Nomadland. <laughs> um, good movie. Uh, it reminded me of my trips out west uh, to like because they go to like a lot of the places I went on this like camping trip I took when I was young and uh, yeah like the the Badlands and um, I think it's like uh, one of the Dakotas maybe I don't yeah. remember but I think I think the Badlands are in both of the Dakotas to be fair oh really I don't fucking know okay I don't know but you anyways go- gorgeous locations like wonderful places yeah. uh, very well shot very well shot I saw it in IMAX, fools. Oh my gosh. I saw it on my couch on Hulu. Yeah. Yeah, same. Yeah. Cause theaters open today for me. And I'm proud to be an American. Where at least I know I'm free. Check and go. Get um, himself I, a coat. I would like to I'd like and to say a large I see. I would like to say that I his ass mm, down. Mm. Next to his mm. wife, and he'll so watch Godzilla and Kong. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I there feel, ain't no mm, doubt okay. he loves okay. cinema. That's true. God bless yeah. the AMC. So Play I, ball. I feel like the implication of that song was that uh covid restrictions were an attack on our freedom and that i would like to go implication. on I, People... I just i just want to make clear that that i don't agree with that out of this that is not this Me podcast either. stance 
not even Cody. It's just, I'm proud to be an American where at least I know I'm free was the first line of the song where COVID restrictions are lifted. I just sure, don't want to sure, get sure. into it. It's because whole... I my brain couldn't get to the parody fast enough right. for that part right. of it. You know Weird Al Yankovic. You're close. I, you know I get close. It's just that first line out of my mouth. I got to, mm. it, it was that. But no, I. it is just, I am happy that the cinema has returned in major markets and they are trying to approach it safely. Is it perfect? No, but at least they're trying to approach yeah. it safely and they're opening, which will, yeah. you know, movies no, are back, baby. I'm going to the movie theater. My wife is vaxxed. Uh, I'm getting the vax as soon as I can. Same. Like, I'm it going truly to a movie stick theater, needles though. in me. Like, like, it doesn't even have to have a vaccine in it. Just stick a needle in me. <laughs> <laughs> Just do it. I need fucking kicks. Yo, I found a needle on the ground outside my apartment and I sucked that in me. Oh, I've been feeling me. great. <laughs> stick it in me. <laughs> You know Nomadland, it's distancing? Francis McDormand yeah. in Nomadland. Nomadland, it is very. They do social distance, but they do travel, mm-hmm. so yeah. it gets a little risky. But she has a very small, distance. small house, so it's like hard to have people over. True, More of a uh, van than a house, probably. A van. A yeah. van. <laughs> I, I vote Not van. more of a van. It is a van. <laughs> it is simply a van. But so the Oscar nominations were today, and Nomadland got a lot. It mm-hmm. got a Best Director nom. It got a Best Actress nom. Screenplay. So you Some guys more be- below the line be, stuff that I don't have on my brain. You guys seem to be favoring this one for Best Picture. It seems to be the front runner at the moment. Does yeah. that mean that it's a hundred percent going to win? No, but it seems like the clearest shot of mm-hmm. what was nominated yeah in my opinion i hesitantly agree i need to think right. about it more because i just came out today so by the time right. this episode comes out i might have a different opinion i mean but... mark are you pulling it up you yep. you had your yeah, yeah so what it. did get nominated for best picture today and we'll end it by transitioning to Mank. chad's pick okay so mank uh as mm-hmm. chad mentioned also the father Judas mm-hmm. and the Black Nuts. Messiah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Minari. Mm-hmm. Nomad Land. Minari. Mm-hmm. Promising Young Woman. Mm-hmm. Sound of Metal. The Trial of the Sound Chicago of Seven. So good. Sound of Metal's be... my personal favorite out of those. Same. But I think Nomad, there's a chance for Judas and the Black Messiah, but with mm-hmm. no director nom. I think mm. it kind of doesn't get stuff elsewhere. I think it's an actor showcase, which is why it got two best supporting nominations for the two leads of the movie. Um, just of, wild. Of these movies, I think Nomadland and Sound of Metal are more or less tied for my favorite of the year. I, I'm, a, and, I'm with you. Yeah. But I think the happiest I would be is if Promising Young Woman somehow won. That'd be great. That'd be good. I think Carrie Mulligan's winning Best Actress. She should, yeah. So that'll be where that movie is. Yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent. I think she's winning that category. Yeah, but a movie that does have a pretty decent chance winning, especially based with all the nominations that it did get, because it did get a lot. Mank got the most because there was a lot of technical stuff, but right. um, Minari got That's a lot of nominations. I'm coming to talk about. Yep. No, I haven't seen Minari, so I'm going to be over here working on a parody of Sound of Silver by LCD Sound System to the two, uh, but the words are now Sound of Metal. So you guys go ahead. Uh-huh. I'm going to work on okay, that. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> and we need to hear your progress when I'm done talking about Minari. Yeah, 
I don't know if you guys know that song, but I don't. But I still, (laughs) I still would like to hear the parody. Yeah, Um, you got it. So Minari, I went and saw this at the drive-in theater. Um, It was a double feature where Raya and the Last Dragon came first, and then (laughs) uh, Minari was second. So to say my headspace was in a weird place is probably an understatement. It was very late because the first movie started at like eight by the time the trailers were over and then the second movie was like 9.50. I will say it. I think the double feature may have been a little racist, but it's okay. Well, that's the weird thing is we tried to go the previous week and it was Tom and Jerry and Minari. Which is okay, so it's maybe just weird. I think it's what is like Minari doing rated. Maybe that's the thing. A, I feel like it's an R, maybe. I think I don't think they were like even trying to pair it because people like leave and then more people come in for the same. Yeah, movie. it just it, it okay. I mean, I, I guess I always they just are the bad at pairing feature. it. Yeah, I always stay for the double feature because I want to get my money's worth, but a sure. lot of people just leave after one or show up for the late one. Or Minari's PG 13. Maybe okay. that's it's like oh it's a family movie of sorts like it is right right might be the logic but it felt racist like, for oh, it just to get be the two Raya Asian and movies exactly yeah. um, even though one's about a Korean family and the other is like mm-hmm. Southeast Asia and they're yeah. not the same thing but no. but uh, anyways all racism aside <laughs> <laughs> Minari was good I mean uh, yeah. it, it kind of undeniable performances. Um, it was, it was a bit of a slow burn movie. I really liked the the kid, the yeah. the boy, Alan Kim. Alan Kim. It, yep. Was he nominated for a Golden Globe? Yes. Yeah. But not an Oscar. Not an Oscar. People thought it might would happen. No, mm-hmm. it was. I, I don't know that it was a Golden Globe, but yeah, he was nominated for something that he won. Right. He won like best young performer okay. at the Critics' Choice Awards. And- is the thing he won deservedly like he was awesome the, yeah, the whole dynamic between him and the grandma was like the highlight of the movie for me um but then uh steven yun am i am i saying yun right as a white person i, I feel like i so. always have to ask <laughs> but i mean uh, yeah i don't know for sure i believe that is how mm-hmm. you pronounce it though steven yun steven yun i think it's yun i think it's yun um yeah i think it's closer to when really like yun i think but again, again, I'm also white. Yeah. Um, but he was great. Uh, it was a weird movie because like it felt like it was setting up a bunch of things to be like to feel dread about. Like there was this like crazy, uh, um, what you call it, like fundamentalist Baptist guy who I just assumed was going to like murder the family at some point or something. Me, me too. <laughs> and by yes. the end of, like, as I was driving away from the drive-in, I was like, oh, that never happened. Good. Right. What a relief. Yeah, that was good. Because, like, yeah, I was scared of him. You, you um, really, yeah, the movie really kind of makes you think that there is this like, there is potential for a giant racist tragedy to happen. And we've seen so many movies that are like that. Right. And that's not really what this movie is about at all. Right. It's really about a family trying to find their place. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's really yeah. good. I, I like Minari a lot. I watched it like on the A24 screening room thing. And they mm-hmm. had like an intro Super at the beginning, which was exclusive. pretty cool. They had a Q&A afterwards, which 
was a Q&A. Uh, so I like watched about three what, minutes of it and I was like, well, what advice would you give to someone trying to start out in the, uh, see, no, that's a good, that's a good Q and a question. And I will say this Q and a was like moderated by someone. They didn't have random questions, but it was still a little boring. I have a no. comment more than a question. That's, that's what it is. Right. It's, it's the like, so as a filmmaker myself, I try to blah, 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 blah. In my screenplay, it's kind right. of like this, but instead of an Asian family moving to the U.S., it's about a white family who's already in the U.S. But then they go to space and do fight aliens. So it's kind of the same, but it's right. very different. Right. Now, my question is, why are they Asian? <laughs> Do you feel like that was important to the story that you were telling? Like, why did you choose to cast them? When you casted, did you look for Asian actors, or was it kind of like a colorblind casting process? The thing That's is, the like, worse. Chad or Mark is doing parody, but also like he has gone to lots of film festivals, as has I. It's as have I. It is not out of the realm of possibilities fully. Every well, single... another question is always, what was the budget? <laughs> Wild. In LA, every QA thing I've gone to always has the there's someone just starting out in the industry question. Yeah. So that's why I, I mean, <laughs> No, I mean it does. It's yeah. QAs should be uh, like Ill illegal. If, yeah. <laughs> Biden might should have passed that before he passed the <laughs> Rescue America Act or whatever it's called. <laughs> I don't know about that, but but yeah, I... but second, fine, second. It should, it should have been be, the next. It thing. should be his next major legislation. Yeah, would have right. saved him a lot of time because when he when he passed that bill, people were like, more of a comment than a question. <laughs> As someone who's starting to write a Save America bill, right? Not really a save America bill. It's kind of like a destroy Screenplay. other countries oh. bill. Um, so so what's the budget? Because I'm thinking like five hundred dollars. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> we're in. A... I mean, it's funny because, like, in the in the Q and A for that bill, someone would actually ask how he raised the money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, like Minari's good. I wish more than anything I had seen this movie in a different circumstance, rather than like a ten o'clock um, drive-in. Drive-in after watching like a really simple action-packed movie where my back started hurting because I'm laying in the car. Sure. Yeah. Um, now, I wish I had been to like the ArcLight movie theater where they they introduce it at the beginning. Some teenager is like some some Mark motherfucker. Yeah. Now presenting <laughs> uh, Minari. Mm. Yeah. I got my popcorn. Uh, I I do have my parody written if you guys are ready for it. Oh, let's hear it and then let's move on to Cody's movie. Um no, you guys don't really know the song. It's uh -huh. like there's a long intro. It's like LCD's on some like kind of an EDM band with like good lyrics. And it's like really just yeah, the yeah. one verse yeah. that's repeated a bunch, but it's like sound of metal, watch with me, makes me want to feel like a deaf drummer until you remember <laughs> the feelings of recovering addicts who are deaf drummers then you think again and then that like just repeats yeah that's, I mean, that's good <laughs> that's good okay. it kind of just makes me want to rewatch sound of metal 
makes me want to listen to LCD's and stuff. I would. I Gosh. hope they they Rizabad release. is so good in that movie. It's like I God, hope they release that into theaters. I hope they release it into theaters because I think having yeah. it loud as fuck is like. Mm-hmm. I was able to do it at home, but I think it would be like imperative, yeah. like to. I was watching it on my iPad with these headphones going, mm-hmm. and these headphones rule. They're noise canceling, and they're just like incredible. I felt like. I want to watch it on a big screen, but I honestly, no, no, the, 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 the Dolby, like theater. Dolby, baby. I went to, so I went to Dolby for the first time to see the movie that I'm about to talk about um, at my local Megaplex. They had only, I had gone to the normal theaters, which are solid. The IMAX, which I was a little disappointed with because the screen was not all that big. Which it isn't always, which I know, yeah. but I still was just kind of like, wow, why this is this doesn't impress me. But I went to the Dolby and was like, Ye- this is it. This is. If I have a choice between Dolby or IMAX, I choose Dolby. I had never gone to a Dolby, awesome. so I didn't realize. But it was yeah. like so the the picture was so clear and stuff. As I saw Raya and the Last Dragon, a movie that I adore. And Which I was racistly paired with Minari, at, <laughs> with the Minari at the Pomona Drive-In. At the Pomona Drive-In. But Raya asked the question, what if there were dragons, mm. but then now there's away. only one, and it's the oh. last one. Mm. But no, <sighs> I mean, this is a strong statement, but I've made it to you guys. I think this is the best of the CGI Disney movies. It's hard for me to disagree with that. True. Right. It's yeah. like, it's different. Cause it almost feels like it's of a different era for Disney. As far as the storytelling goes, I think there may be an argument to exactly that Chad, mm-hmm. that this is a new, cause this is not a musical. They had done right. a lot of the musicals in yeah. a row. Um, which I, I I love the musicals, but and then this the Ralph is, uh, du- duology is uh, you had Ralph and Zootopia and Big Hero Six kind right. of fall into those, but they those were trying to be. This isn't too dissimilar from like the genre of Big Hero Six, but Big Hero Six is trying to be sillier than this movie yeah, is for sure, for sure. This one, like those are comedies first mm-hmm. with some action scenes. This, this is, is an kind of movie. inarguably an action movie. Yeah. It is wild. I think the action in it is very good, and it is like it's fun too and inventive. Like it's stuff you haven't seen before. Like she rides around an armadillo like it's a, a BB, a roly poly thing. Or, yeah. yeah, it's and uh, and then uh, like the 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 sword, Cody. The I'm sword. Sure the sword. The, that's what we need. to talk about is the sword i think what has been missing from most modern disney movies is swords there used to it, be a lot of them and yeah there's not so many swords. No, there's not and then and then and never and then moana, has there been a sword like this never a sword like this and then moana like maui has the hook the hook yeah, is cool it's pretty cool it's not a sword right. and then in in frozen 2 Anna pulls out the sword and she does that in the trailer, which is why I got so hyped and thought that trailer was awesome. She doesn't mm-hmm. even use the sword this much. Mark, look at me in my eyes right now. You're the person mm-hmm. who hasn't seen this movie yet. It's but true. You are and fully going to have to before this year is up. There's. I want you all to know that I thought about writing a parody to Judas about <laughs> Judas the Black Messiah. Uh, yeah, but I I'm really, glad you did. There's only really just the one word in that Judas. No. So, 
Mark, you are going to have to watch this movie before the year is up yeah. because it's mm-hmm. yeah, like it's going to remain pretty high. But what I'll if I to told it. you there was a sword? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you follow me so yeah. far? Swords, yeah. swords. Now here's good. my question. Hold sword, on. To me, Mark, sword plus dragon plus Disney equals Mulan. It's not. It's not dissimilar in genre. Like I mean, Mulan's basically like a Disney animated action movie, and so and is Mulan this, is a musical, but. Mulan's right. sword is nothing like this sword. Cody. Oh, yeah. yes. Mark, that's the key. The sword? Mm-hmm. The sword also a grappling hook. And I know you're having a hard time envisioning that, but it's... It, it the blade, it. like, disconnects into segments and, like, shoots out like a rope and, like, s- sticks into the she, ceiling. She sometimes she uses it, it, like, as a whip thing at times yeah. because it comes apart. Mark, it is so cool. I'm it's, not even. I'm not even doing a bit. I'm not over. No, it's the coolest weapon I've ever seen. Yeah. How cool I think it is. No, Cody's it's the sword guy. So cool. But I can second that this sword is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Guys, I uh, can we pause the recording real quick? <laughs> like, uh, you're yeah, just sure. gonna go spend the thirty dollars right now. I'm actually just gonna go to a theater. I think something's <laughs> yeah, yeah. starting here soon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna break my quarantine. I haven't been to a theater since Tenet, but it's worth it if the sword is a fucking grappling hook. It's a grappling I mean, hook, and there's a baby cool. who fights, and there's three little monkey things that are good. Mm-hmm. There's a shrimp boat. There's, there's Benedict Wong a very, is a nice, big, a tough man. Good, a very good boy who pilot or captains that sh- shrimp boat. He's so too. good at captaining good the boy. ship. And then there's like a girl that like is from a like other kingdom. Fang. And huh? Thang. She's from Thang. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And she is really cool and she's played by Gemma Chan. And it's good. And it does sound good. I'm Mark, mostly into it for the sword and also the shrimp boat sounds cool. Mark, what if I told you that there were five kingdoms and all the kingdoms are named after different bodies, uh, different body parts of the dragon? So you, you have the kingdom Thang. of Thang. You got you have Talon. Spine. You've got you Heart. Talon. Heart. There's one more. That I forgot. Tail. But st- tail. tail. Yeah. Like it, it's so, so there good. are there are more kingdoms than there are realms. Yeah. Fuck wow. a realm. I don't I don't <laughs> fucking care about the realms anymore. I'm all into Kumandra. Like this is truly okay. Let me be serious. Let me not be over enthused. The this movie is truly very good at world building. I think it really has mm. to give you a lot of information at once. And it does mm. kind of info dump you to some degree, but it is still pretty well told how it does that. Totally. And I think the action, like I said, is really good. I think the driving force of the movie, you know, it's macguffin to some degree, but there's still like you you know why the character is doing what she's doing yeah. and like she th- th- there's some like heart there um and it's gorgeous it also, is so gorgeous the last dragon the titular last dragon mm-hmm. is aquafina and she's wonderful she's great she's great I do like aquafina you do get emotional when like yes she's the funny character for a lot of it but there's still like you know emotion to her it's co-directed by the guy who directed blind spotting um insane which is wild you've got kelly marie tran in the lead role tran and she's so good the cast is like more wild than you realize because they kind of didn't announce the casting like 
Which I, it's in my opinion, animated movies shouldn't try to like bank off of like Steve Carell being your guy or whatever. Yeah, but but let me let me just hit you with them. It's Kelly Marie Tran. It's Aquafina. It's Gemma Chan. It's Daniel Day Kim. It's Benedict Wong. It's Sandra Oh. Oh. Uh, Patty Harrison plays a like okay, you um, can, small I mean, character. She is in it, but like barely. I know, but still, you know who that person is. And yeah. Alan Tudyk, of course, is in it because he's got to make the, the new John Ratzenberger. Noises. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but he's John Ratzenberger, but he only he's makes the animal noises. Just animals. Yeah. Yeah. He's hey, hey, and tuk tuk. <laughs> like, that's our. Oh, movie. okay. That's great. Um, I love this movie, truly. I think it's so good. You guys know. Disney animated movies are I'm gonna hop on no matter what, but this one also has sword and it's brilliant. So I I am probably gonna wait until it's on Disney Plus for that's free, fine. which is like not too long from now, even. I, I yeah, um, I don't think it's terribly it'll be a couple months or so, but but it'll be after the Oscars when I have you know time yeah, to watch. And also this movies. is a 2021 movie, so like you know, yeah. you've got time and people I'm not do stressed. have time. But so one one thing about this movie, like mm-hmm. you said, it's, it's made by Disney. Right. And Disney, contrary to popular belief, like Walt Disney himself was mm-hmm. not a Nazi. Right. He was not. But you're you trying know, to transition, but, but I was trying to tell you the one crazy, the, the one final crazy thing about Ryan. Good which transition. Is the majority of it was made at home. Which is oh, that is wild. Yeah, yeah. that is insane. Worth Kelly Marie Tran recorded her lines like in her closet. Oh like, my gosh. Yeah. Anyway, yes. Uh, Walt Disney was not a Nazi, but there's Nazis in Inglorious Bastards. Great. Yes. Um. So Chad, he has gotten hot in my um apartment. So Pop why don't you I'll tell talk us? About, uh, yeah. Talk why don't you movie, yeah. tell us about Inglorious Bastards and why you chose it? Um, okay. Well, I feel like Inglorious Bastards was one of the first Quentin Tarantino movies I saw, probably. I didn't see Pulp Fiction like in high school like everyone else did. Mm-hmm. I saw it kind of later. Um did you see this in theaters? I did not see this in theaters, but I saw it like shortly after home release and I loved it. Um, it's like strangely super heavy, but also like lighthearted and funny at times. Yeah. So me, this is a movie out of Quentin Tarantino's, um, uh, filmography that feels in some ways at times, like, like a Coen brothers movie in that, like the, the bastards themselves, the inglorious bastards are like kind of. They're not idiots, but it's kind of like they're failing upwards a bit, and like yeah, their plan, yeah, their plan just sort of like happens despite their. Uh... Mm-hmm. That is kind like, of a Tarantino thing, kind of in general. I think him and Cohen a have a similar yeah. kind of like nothing matters thing at times. I think and... that in Cohen Brothers movies, there's usually like not really a plan, but it all and it doesn't actually all work out in a Cowan Brothers movie, but in it's I feel like in it does, yeah. In Tarantino movies, there is a big plan, and because I I don't get still this often with like, doesn't work out with like Django Unchained. It's not the same. Like it's not like Django is like an idiot who's failing upwards. Yeah, but no, like, I. But it doesn't the dentist like seen... fuck up quite a bit in that movie. Who now? The dentist, the Christoph Waltz character. Oh, I don't think so. 
Hmm. I, I haven't seen Django wrong. Unchained since I came up with this theory about uh, Tarantino yeah. movies, but I think it fits like Jackie Brown in Pulp uh-huh. Fiction. Okay, and I haven't like, seen Jackie Brown. Reservoir Dogs, Reservoir Dogs is like just the aftermath of a plane that did of not go well. Fucking up. right, yeah. right. Um, I, I think this is very interesting as a Tarantino movie because I mm-hmm. do think it's his best movie. Um, for me, it's between this and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which are like his two revisionist history. Right. This movie even starts with Once Upon a Time in Nazi-occupied France. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. But it, but yeah, and Tarantino, I feel like, is one of the first filmmakers that when you Ever. get into movies, you you start caring about the, him. You're really like focused. People on our age, yeah. I yeah. was saying he was one of the first filmmakers ever. Well, he may have been. <laughs> I There's don't, no way I don't of have knowing. The data. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know, but um, I mean, this podcast started with 1993 so as far as we know yeah i mean yeah we talked about him in 94 so older than time himself to us um but but i think like yeah i remember this movie being like pretty seismic uh when it came out yeah um i I feel like the trailer pretty distinctively like Mm -hmm. i remember the hitler going nine 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 right it's definitely a big part of it yeah I, i i know that like in the Oscar race, there were people who were like thinking this should win. There was a lot mm. of the um, a contingent of people really pushing for that. Um, yeah, I think um, so. This is the third Tarantino movie we've covered. We talked about Pulp Fiction. We've talked about Kill Bill. Yeah. Um, I was responsible for Pulp Fiction. And I did Kill Bill. You did Kill Bill. Which I think. <sighs> I picked it because I liked it more at the time than I think it's I'm having this weird experience with Tarantino and it happened with this movie as well. Kill Bill, this movie, I both gave them four and a half on Letterboxd. I think they're really, really, really good movies. I think I am realizing that I don't necessarily enjoy watching Tarantino movies, even though I do think they're good. Interesting. Say more about that. You don't enjoy watching them in that things are unpleasant or in that I think I have gotten a bit over yeah the unpleasant violent stuff I think I have gotten a little where like the violence which I still love horror movies and I still love all of that stuff but there's something about this movie it was the theater scene where they're just shooting Nazis in a theater, yes, but they are still just mowing down people in a theater. That became like, I got really like viscerally like, I was like, this is unpleasant. I don't like this. And I feel like that's part of the vision for that scene. Like, yes, we're we're supposed to like enjoy watching Hitler get mowed down because right, I'll I'm brave, I'll say it. Fuck him. Yeah, (laughs) okay, you're a hero. Not a fan of that guy. King. Uh, <laughs> Chad, to be fair, Chad is the king, not Hitler. Right. Yes, yes. He was the future. Trying to be. Yeah. Uh, but I am the king. So. But, anyway, but yeah, I think like the the horror of like just shooting into a crowd of people is still supposed to like disturb you quite a bit. To some degree, but he does love violence and blood and guts and oh, stuff yeah. like that and there there's just there's just several moments in this movie where i just am like i just i don't there there 
the thing is, and I think I said this about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood too, is there are parts of that movie that I adore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And For then me, it drops back into being but... a standard Tarantino movie with the hyper violence. And I just think the things that I now think are interesting about Tarantino are not things I found interesting when I was 15 or 16 or whatever. When you were 15 or 16, was it like the hyper violence? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was like, oh, fuck yeah it's like an action movie but they're like it's artsy and that sort of stuff mm-hmm. but like this time like when diane kruger gets like choked out i mean yeah wildly unpleasant like, awful I, I don't think quentin tarantino ever thought that was cool like no, I, you know no but, the, but there are scenes he definitely thinks are cool and that's why he puts them here's the thing i think i'm getting to my my thesis after talking it out sure song. sure sure I think Tarantino is a very good filmmaker when he is trying to be a filmmaker and trying to tell a story. I think when Tarantino's trying to be cool, when he's trying to do things he thinks are cool, that's when the movie loses me a bit. So that is sometimes the hyper stylized things. That's sometimes the ultra violence. Those are the things that I recognize as cool, but are not, they feel like tricks to me more than, because what I love in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is the relationship between Brad and Leo and them being aging stars. But, I mean, to put it in context for this movie, and I promise, like I gave this movie four and a half stars, so I don't want to like dunk on it. And I want to let you guys talk about what you guys love about it. But, I wanted to watch the movie most that was the the Jewish lady running a theater with her with her black boyfriend in Nazi Germany. Like that was the story I was most interested in. Oh, okay. And like I barely cared about the bastard stuff because oh, interesting. for big parts of the movie, it feels inconsequential. I love the Fassbender scene. Mm-hmm. I love a lot of the other stuff, but a lot of the bastard stuff feels inconsequential till well, the end, basically. And quite a bit of this movie is long dialogue scenes. Yes, I think so those like, are cool. Yeah, and that's why it's like my favorite or second favorite of his. I It's hard to choose between this and this sure, yeah. time. But... Um, yeah, I mean that that Fassbender scene just like is a masterclass of tension, and then yeah, like that's good. that turn where he holds up the three fingers, and it should be the the, the three fingers. Yeah, right. Um, for the listeners, Chad did the fingers with his hands. I, I right. held up the American way, and I guess also the British way, and then I held up the German way. Right. Um, which and, is and thumb, the index finger, middle finger. Both times he, when Chad was doing that, he <laughs> originally tried to do the middle ring and he pinky, tried to do like the okay three, and then and then settled back to the German one. I just want to paint right. a picture here. Yeah, thanks guys. Um, <laughs> it, this is really hard for me to do the German three. You can't see it because I'm in Andy's room and it's like blocking my fingers but there it is for the listeners that's a green screen effect <laughs> toy story andy's room we're, we're not a visual podcast and now mark is flicking me off with his fingers um but anyways what was i saying <laughs> the same with fast I mean, like everything yeah. up to this point like <sighs> there's so many scenes in this movie that are yeah. just full of tension where it's like someone doesn't want someone else to know something whether right. that's I'm hiding a Jewish family under my floorboards or that seems good, really good. Um, or whether it's um, 
we're secretly trying to kill a lot of Nazis and we're just meeting mm -hmm. here to convene about this plan. Or it's, we don't know how to speak Italian, but you <laughs> to speak Italian. That's I, the I think that stuff instance. is funny. Yeah. I think that stuff is funny. I kind of think the bastards part of the movies is the weakest part of the movie for me. I, I think any scene that isn't the bastards, I like more. I'm not saying it's bad because it's not. Those mm -hmm. scenes are fun and they are good. But like, I prefer the opening scene. I prefer the... Um, the Fassbender scene. I prefer anything those, in the those theater. Scenes, I love those two scenes are the highlights of the movie for me. Yeah. Or, but the yeah. theater stuff, when she has recorded the film of her like screaming mm -hmm. as it like yeah. is on fire, yep. the Daniel Brühl stuff, I'm Gosh, way into that the, stuff. The way the projector like is still going over the smoke and she just looks like a ghost. Like, yeah, so, so, cool. Cool. so cool. I love it. This is the face of Jewish vengeance. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh -huh. And like Daniel Brühl gets to say the line, it has been a pleasure chatting with a fellow <laughs> cinema lover, which is <laughs> <Yeah>. great. <laughs> like I, all that's of that. That's off to our podcast now. It's so yeah. like disturbing to see a Nazi like trying to have a meet cute moment with, with the Jewish a woman, woman whose family yeah. has been killed by Nazis. Right. Yeah. It's It's like, I don't know, like parts of these scenes, like, on the surface level, they seem like funny because it's like, oh, it's like Pepe Le Pew chasing after the girl and the girl doesn't want him. But then it's like, uh, no, this is bad and awful. Yeah. Not enjoyable yeah, it, at all. The the tension that is there from like, you know, like existential tension from her, like if yeah. he finds out she's going to die, is like yeah. kind of comedic tension at the same time and kind of like it plays between that a little bit well it points out the absurdity of racism right like it's even like uh uh christoph Waltz's character in the first scene has this long monologue and it's a really racist monologue about mm -hmm. um how like you just are you're predispositioned to, to hate rats but like they're similar to squirrels and you don't hate squirrels and like there's no reason yeah. to it you just don't like them and like this is almost a continued a continuation of this idea is like uh this character has a crush on this girl wants to sleep with her um but this is the same race of people that he actively is trying to do genocide against and he right. doesn't know it like it's absurd and it's stupid yeah. to be racist uh right. but yeah it, it, that, that thread through the movie is um oh it's great it's great. yeah um I, I don't know if I would agree that the Bastards stuff is my least favorite part of this, although yeah. I would be hard-pressed to pick a least favorite part of this. Mm -hmm. Mike Myers, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, he's uh, kind of nothing. Remind me who Mike Myers is in this movie. He, he plays like, like a German assistant. Or no, weird. no, he uh, he assigned, he's in the, with he's with the uh, the British army. He like assigns Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. His, um... Oh, see, I like that scene because I think it's a, like a, just a the way that there's just like three people strewn across like a huge ballroom yeah. is is like just visually interesting to me. I, I like Fassbender just... so good in this movie. I think it's his best movie. Yeah. yeah, and it's one of his oh, like man. earliest. Like this is before before the X Men movies. It's before Shame. Before Shame. Before Twelve Years a Slave. Yeah. Um, so just like very early Fassbender. Um, I think uh, Hot Take Fassbender's good in most things. He just, uh, they're yeah. not as good movies always. Yeah. 
Like he's he is good in all of the X Men movies, and yes. one of those movies, two of those it's movies. Good. I like. We disagree about. The I like second days. One. I like Days of Future Past quite a bit, and you know, I like, think I think Days of Future Past is fine, and First Class is a masterpiece. And I'm. It's not a masterpiece, but it's. And I'm flipped on that. I think First Class is fine, and Days of Future Past is a masterpiece. See, I don't like Brian Singer. Interesting. Interesting, Chad. Interesting. Chad is defending. Interesting. Brian Wait, guys, you tricked uh. me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Matthew Vaughn is clearly a better person. I mean, boop, look, boop, at the, boop, boop, boop. look at his politics in the, the Kingsman. Yeah. Boop, 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 boop. Um, so, um, yeah, it's not that the bastard stuff is bad. I just think it's like, I don't know. I just don't love I, it. As I much. think that like it, I think the it's none stuff... of them are characters other than we kind of recognize them to be just, oh, yeah. that guy looks kind of familiar other than Brad Pitt. And Brad I don't... Pitt is a character. Mm-hmm. Then a bunch of them are like used basically for comedic effect. Yeah, um, I mean, it, three of them are comedians. Yeah, there's B.J. Yeah. Novak, and then oh, the Freaks and Geeks kid, Sam Levine, Sam and Levine. then Paul Rust. Freaking Paul Rust! Is Paul. Paul Rust is one of them. Yes, he's yeah. one of them. Yes. Does he even talk? He's no. in the first scene in the trench, I think. Okay. He's in it a couple times because I kept like noticing him. Without the glasses, it is a bit hard to tell it's Paul Rust. Gotcha. Um, and then you have Eli Roth um mm-hmm. playing the bear Jew. He, he's a bit of a character, as is the ex-Nazi guy who they recruited. Yes, yeah. yes. I think I yeah. I think that like they're characters in that they kind of have personalities, but mm-hmm. they aren't given much to do. Right. Right. Because like it's like Brad Pitt says, their objective is simple: they kill Nazis. Yeah, like this is what we, yeah, we want to do. But I, I think that's that, why I think I care about the other. I stuff think that more. Brad Pitt's yeah. personality is enough to carry that. I mean, mm-hmm. the like the bastards themselves are like pretty interchangeable. I mean, yes. yeah. like there are like a dozen of them in that first trench scene. Yeah, and then once they start the mission, there's like five of them. Right. Um, well, two of them or three of them die in the fastbender scene. Right. Yeah, but then there's only two left after that, and it's the ones that speak the, the right. Least yeah, there, there were some. Right. That I guys, I don't think he's bad in this movie, but I do not don't love the it. Brad Pitt don't performance as it. much as other people love it. Is what I'm saying. I don't think it's bad. I just don't understand the over the moonness for it. I mean, it, well, I mean, it feels he's, like he's, he's been giving... better. He's been better in other things. He's he's better Fully. in the other Quentin Tarantino movie he's in. Right. Um, he's better in the other movie on this podcast we talked about, Burn After Reading. Uh, uh, I thought you were going to say Ocean's Eleven. I thought you were going to say Seven. Mm. He's he is better <laughs> in all those movies. Um, I think he, I like his performance in this more than Seven. Oh, I'd love Seven. Or Ocean's Eleven, if I'm Oh, honest. no, sir. He's more, he's more fun in this. Than Ocean's Eleven? No yeah. way. No Ocean's way. Eleven, he's fine, but he's like cool guy Brad, and this he's like, I, yeah, but I insane love redneck Nazi murder and Brad. Rusty is that. one of my best friends, so <laughs> yeah, he's not bad. I like it. Brad Pitt is a phenomenal actor. I um, just think I think this performance is a fully comedic performance, yeah. and again, Mostly. for me to latch on to it, I just want a little. I want a little more. Like I, I like the theater still, lady. I, the theater I, lady is my favorite. No, character. she's great, and she's she's a more interesting character for sure. Yeah. I, I I don't like the framing of like saying I don't like them as much as them. I'd rather frame it as like these characters are yeah, so sure. good. Fine, 
fine. You know what I mean? I like that framing better. But no, Brad Pitt, what I like about his character's whole um, like uh, ideology is the whole the the whole spiel about the uniforms and how like that doesn't sit well with me. I want people to know you're a Nazi. I want you to be recognizable. I want you to carry this forever. And that that to me is like what makes him more than just uh, a comedic character. Like he's got like this ideology that's interesting and like thought provoking. I feel like we haven't talked about Christoph Waltz enough who did win an Oscar for this movie. <laughs> Deservedly. Uh, I think he's very good in this movie. This is, I think, the best he's ever been. Yeah. He's... Mm, ah, Are you going to remember gonna, it? Akira? Or not, not Akira. Akira. Alita. Uh, Alita, sorry. <laughs> that is that is fully what I was about to talk about. Is him <laughs> playing the dad in Alita. He, look, no, this is a better performance, yeah. but he's not bad in Alita. He's good in Alita. He's, he's Alita. good he's in Jango, but Alita. he's like unbelievable in this. In the way that he's like friendly and mm. like cheerful and like but menacing. His tone of voice is not scary, but like. Yeah, but he nobody's is, ever been scarier. <laughs> he is just like a a machine. He's like the Jew hunter. He's he calls himself a detective. Yeah, where he yeah. like, and that's what it feels like. It feels like he's the detective that puts the pieces together. He solves every mystery that's handed to him here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even when he like once he discovers the plot to kill Hitler, he understands that. Like he sees the next play beyond that. He's not like we right. gotta save Hitler. He's like, mm-hmm. oh no, the tide's turning. I want to get on the winning team. He's yeah. very like Mycroft y. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, he's like the Oh no, wait, Mycroft's the brother. Moriarty. He's very yes. like Moriarty-esque mm-hmm. kind of um... He like sees the way or he just like is unstoppable, whether it's like he wants to kill Jews, so he kills Jews, or well, he wants to like until the end when <laughs> Until the end, but and even still, he like I don't know. It's he still does get away and live, right? Um, but you know the the, but it doesn't get to disappear. The burn of his forever as a Nazi, yeah, yeah, right. Um, yeah, I I I think Christoph Waltz is very good in this for for the reasons you guys say, and I think that's why Mm -hmm. he's such dynamic. I like when he chugs the milk early on. It's very good, and then when he orders the milk. For the theater girl, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> and then the face she makes is just like, oh my god, does he know who I am? Right, uh, it's uh, that's the only thing he misses in the whole movie is her plot. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. misses, which that I completely. think is interesting. Yeah. But everybody almost misses that. Like that happens, and the bastards still carry out their plan. Yeah, um, yeah, but it's almost like what's interesting is that it's almost like the plans are like you don't have to have two plans and like they didn't intentionally have two plans but it's like yeah if if one had been foiled the other one would have been fine right and so i it also you, it makes you feel like okay what are the stakes then it's a really interesting way to end the movie where it's like both of these plans you've seen to happen right that you're cheering to succeed and that almost fail they both they both win well and they everybody dies in them and like there's not necessarily a need for them to die either like um especially the two the like the bear jew and the other guy um oh did they they could yeah it blows up and we don't see him walk out the implication is like they almost suicide bomb it and there's like not a reason for them to have to do that well i think that 
I mean, they were planning on suicide bombing it in the first place, I feel sure. like. Um, now, did and, uh, did they try to exit, but then mm -hmm. the doors were locked because of... The... No, because they were on the balcony shooting. They them, were on the balcony. The they could have... It was, it was the auditorium doors that were locked. They fully could have walked out. I don't really understand it, but it doesn't really matter. But, like, yeah. I... Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to send him a sense this movie. No, I'm not either. I just found like, that interesting. It's it's well, like the it's choice like of their the, mission. Their the mission defeat, is like the defeat of Hitler was inevitable, right? Like the right. the defeat of the Nazi of Nazi Germany was inevitable. Whether it happened the with the explosions, the fire, or the way it actually happened. Right. Um, in the history books. Right. And maybe, I think maybe that, that's the idea. I mean, yeah. Maybe I think that this movie is like mostly about revenge, though. It's like basically, I mean, it is straight up is a revenge movie. But instead of like you killed my wife, I'm going to kill you. It's like, right. You did a Holocaust. Yeah, I think it is the just like they are so set on their mission and now their mission is done. Why continue living? Like, yeah. I think that's a bit of like, I think that is. they came to Germany expecting to die mm -hmm. to get revenge for their like fallen family. Right, right. Um Right. Um, back to Christoph Waltz for a second. He's so good in every scene he is in. I am still a little annoyed that he also got the Django Oscar. Oh, did he get an Oscar for that one? He did. He got back. I mean, they weren't the same year, but he was. It were the only two movies he were he was in, and he got nominated for both of them, and got and he won for both of them, and I think. I do not think they're different enough performances, really, uh, for him to have. They I, are, but but pretty still. one's like a good dude, and one is like a Nazi Jew. I understand. <laughs> I understand, but I still don't think he's doing I, anything wild with the dentist performance. No, I think I think he's 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 fine in that movie. This my yeah. take. Like, yeah, he's good. But like when well, he just won an Oscar, it's kind of like. For right. a better performance, like why exactly? What's, exactly. What's extra weird is that the two people who won in, in between him are both named Chris. So we had four years of Chris's. Uh, four years of Chris's. It's, who? Uh, who were the other two? Hold on. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know. Well, it's, I could guess. it's Christian Bale from The Fighter. Oh, well, oh, okay. well, and Christopher Plummer for Beginners. That one's real. That one's real. <laughs> But yeah, he basically who does he beat? He beats I, like a really strong year. He beats God. Alan Arkin from Argo, Robert De Niro no, this is the from Silver Linings one. Playbook. This is the bullshit one. Philip Seymour Hoffman, Hoffman for the, the master. master. And then also Tommy Lee Jones Wait, for Lincoln. And Lincoln, yeah. You're saying he wasn't deserving of that? Or or oh, the Philip Seymour Hoffman. Sorry, I'm lost. What happened? Christoph Waltz. Christoph I don't Waltz won. Philip Seymour Hoffman, Hoffman should have won, won for the master. Okay, 100%. good. Cool. cool. Yes. yes. Agreed. One hundred percent. Yeah, we're yeah. on the same page. I'm sorry, I misunderstood. I thought you said that was like a bullshit nomination, and I was like, no. Wait, no. What? <laughs> no. Okay. No. 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 no, no, no he won no, in a no. really strong year. I mean, the Which fact that Philip Seymour Hoffman he does okay, so he does have an Oscar for playing Capote. I thought there was a chance that he didn't have one which would have been truly tragic but um no he he did win for capote but i think it oh that may have been the thing i think it was a year where everybody had won before and um, so that sounds right 
And so typically, like, they try and give it to someone who hasn't before. That's something they like to do. But, like, why not give it to, A, the the Philip Seymour Hoffman performance, yeah. or honor your old dudes with giving it to Arkin or De Niro well, or Tommy Arkin Lee Jones? Arkin had just won one. Not, really? like, just, just. But Arkin's only win is for Little Miss Sunshine. Oh, shit. Okay. Which yeah. So I guess that was relatively recent. Tommy Lee Jones. It had been a while. I think. I'm sure. Um, I'm trying to figure that out. Or does Tommy Lee Jones have an Oscar? Maybe. No, he definitely he won for The Fugitive, didn't he? Yeah, I think he did. Uh, yeah. I don't think he won for The Fugitive. Oh, did he not? Um, he got a nomination. Oh no, he did. He did win. He did win for the fugitive, yeah, which is wild to think about now. But um, that is actually very crazy. Maybe one day I'll watch the fugitive. <laughs> Idiot. Wait, you didn't even watch it for the no, podcast? That was a joke. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, um. But anyway, sorry, I got yep. fully distracted on weird, that. But weird, weird year, 2012. Yep. We'll talk about it. Yeah, we will. But but I think this is the one Christoph Waltz should have won for. And he I did, guess we, and we could see what he... Um, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, the people he won against a pretty easy... I mean, not an easy category, but it's like Matt Damon in Invictus, Woody Harrelson oh, in that. The Messenger, okay, Christopher Plummer in The Last Station, mm, and Stanley Tucci in The Lovely Bones. Yeah, I could have beaten all them. Lovely. I could have beaten all them, for sure. Yeah, with one hand time, I had it could have. Been. I think I think Tucci won the Globe that year. Mm. I think there was a weird Globe thing that he won. I've straight up not heard of two of these movies. Yeah, same. Hey, did you Apparently, guys know Christopher Christoph's... Plummer played Leo Tolstoy? Oh, cool. Did you know that Christoph is back for No Time to Die? Uh, I think so. Isn't he in the trailer? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. he goes to talk to him again. And yeah. he's like, Blofeld, what's up, my man? What you doing? Uh, no time to die. He's just won just, a Grammy, and it's he's, not out. He's just Inspector, right? Yes, just Inspector. Inspector sounds like I'm saying, like, Inspector Gadget. Uh, <laughs> just Inspector. No. Uh, Spectre was bad, but he's always it's not fun. so great. But that there that movie still has fun moments. But yeah, the opening sequence is like peak Bond. So good. It's so, so good. good. But so good. I don't like Bond that much. So yeah. when I say He's, Pink Bond, I mean it's good. Um, Christoph is also in the Guillermo Pinocchio that's coming out this year, mm. not the Zemeckis one that comes is out he next year. Gibetto? Nope, he's the fox oh. and the cat. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what that means. But Me he neither. is also excitingly for Chad in mm. the French Dispatch, which I think actually will be really uh, fun to see that's... him in a Wes Anderson mm-hmm. movie. That's gonna yeah. be really interesting to see how he how they I think he fits together. the Wes Anderson mold really well. I think Me so. Too. He can be quippy and quick. Um let let's talk about some other roles of his also, he's in Green Hornet. That's weird. Yeah, it feels like we may have to talk about that we, movie. We are not going to talk about Green Hornet. <laughs> Don't make a promise you can't keep. I will. Um, it's Michael Gondry. That's why we keep bringing it up. It's so oh, weird. yeah. So bizarre. We should do it. We I'm, should I'm do on it. Team Cody on this. Yep. <laughs> um, I think it's also funny because none of us have seen it. But I so have seen in... it. Oh. Mm, I don't know. 
you also if the one person has seen, who's seen it is begging us not to cover it. Maybe we should take that. Into I think it's more. I don't think Mark remembers it, but anyway. Okay. You um, say so confidently, having not seen the movie. <laughs> I don't uh, remember it because I did not pay attention to it because it yeah, is boring. Exactly. Oh, okay. Then yeah, let's watch it. If you didn't yeah, pay attention it. to it, we should watch no, it. No, I like. Okay, Christoph. Ten all- years ago, and I try to pay attention to it, but it is again you're a different, boring and bad. You're a different, you're a different, different person, person now, now than you were. Ten- Literally on a molecular level, you have changed. You're but, yeah, Mark. Have you ever heard about the ship of Theseus? <laughs> If we have the same conversation twice but use different words, is it the same conversation? <laughs> so, Christoph is also in Big Eyes, a movie that I kind of like, and I don't think he's bad in. Um, he's in Legend of Tarzan. You guys see that movie? No. That movie begged the question, can David Yates make a movie that's not Harry Potter? The answer was <laughs> The answer no. was like, no, and guess what? He can't make Fantastic Beast either. Guys, I feel like... We're not talking about Inglorious Bastards anymore. Yeah, I don't know why we're running through the the like. Should we go through Mel- Melanie Lawrence filmography too? No, sure. she has two Cesars. <laughs> this was my movie. No, I just I I felt like we had hit a lot of the big points, so I got distracted on this. But I know, yeah, if I you want to bring us back and talk about well, something we else with this who who are our alumni? Who have we seen before? Oh, are Brad, we already to that? Do you want me to get I, to that? We're we're an hour and ten minutes into the podcast. I, okay, I okay, that's fine, that's fine. I oh okay, there is one movie thing left that I or two oh, movie okay. things I want to talk about real quick. Okay, the movie within the movie. Yeah, yeah. doesn't seem very interesting. <laughs> It seems no, it's boring. a movie from the well, 40s. It's a Hit- German Hitler, war movie from the 40s. Right. Hitler says it was their best work yet. And he was laughing very hard at it. You'll you all know what Hitler's favorite movie was? Uh, this one. Uh, Inglorious Bastards? No, no. The, uh, the, the Pride of Our Country. Pride of Our Nation. Oh. It is not his favorite movie. Do you know what his favorite movie is? is, this, this yeah. is a... It's King no. Kong. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Hmm. Maybe I am Team Godzilla now. <laughs> In the upcoming Kong versus or Godzilla versus Kong. So apparently he also really likes Metropolis. I swear there was a Disney movie that he loved, but um, Dumbo. He really liked Dumbo, but like Dumbo's good. Like, I don't know. It's hard so to is King movie. Kong. And King Kong, also good movie. Hey, guys, do you know in the King Kong, the new King Kong, he has an axe? Anyway. Yeah, we've talked about this. I think about it a lot. So the movie within the movie does not seem very good. This movie is split up into segments, as we've kind of like alluded to. It's kind of like explicitly put into segments. They're like chapter titles. Mm -hmm. Do you you guys think the segments... I think I'm getting anti-segmented movies. So sometimes it feels like they do it for the hell of it. Uh, yeah, this movie does not feel that way because each segment and like a movie like Pulp Fiction also doesn't feel like it's doing it for the hell of it. And that each segment feels like we're hyper focused. So in this in Pulp Fiction, it's almost like vignettes with it that are loosely connected or explicitly connected in some cases. I think but it has just be yeah. like it's an opportunity to hyper focus on a character at a time where like the first segment can just be. This is Christoph Waltz and yeah. the, the French guy, and they're having a conversation, and then that's over. Now we're introducing you to the bastards. And then palate cleanser from that, 
we're introduced to the movie theater lady for another segment. Yeah. The fact that it's so hyper-focused, I think is to the benefit of the movie. Yeah, I, I think that I prefer having chapters to like intercutting between all of these things. Like if you were cutting yeah. between like Michael Fassbender gets assigned the thing, the girl meets, uh, you know, the soldier, the, you know, Michael Fassbender goes to the bar. Like if, if you mm-hmm. intercut between all of that stuff, it would feel kind of sloppy and hard to keep the pacing up. And if you just cut mm-hmm. straight between like long, like 20 minutes of one story and you cut straight to another story, it'd be jarring, especially yeah. if it's cutting to like a character you don't know. I think it's nice right. to have something that's like, OK, here's this next part. It's about the bastards. Let me introduce you to them. Yeah. I just think, and maybe I have gotten stupid. And There's a chance these, that that go on. There is a slight chance of that. I just think, I I think it's like he just wants to tell such so huge of a story, and maybe mm. could benefit of focusing in occasionally. I think it has a big. This is this is less a this movie thing, and unfortunately, just because Tarantino is such a figure, and we have seen a lot of his movies and. He's somebody that I think about, um, but because he uses this trick basically all the time after yeah. Pulp Fiction, and I, I kind of want him the to... The Kill Bill uh, mm-hmm. movies have it. This yeah. has it. Does Django um, have it? I don't remember. Django has it to some degree. Okay. I don't think it's... You're definitely more focused then in Django. That is true. Mm-hmm. But there are still segments of where like the Australia part, uh, the Australians part and. Um, but there are yeah. like chapter titles in between those, are there? I'm almost positive there is. I think mm-hmm. uh, he always does the chapter titles now. It's been well, too long since I've seen that one. But well, well, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood didn't have it. No chapter titles? No, I don't think so. Mm-mm. No, it's pretty focused because it's I like almost the two guys. Uh, focus is debatable because it, it goes like the the Sharon Tate stuff. I, I feel like he may he may not have used chapter titles in it, but I still think he kind of does the I same think the thing. chapter titles actually make it feel more focused because he's like telling you, like, okay, this section is focused on this. And then yes, we'll go to this but... section focused on that. And I wish that mm-hmm. like Jackie Brown is a movie that I a lot of people love and call like Tarantino's mm-hmm. best, and I don't really. I don't. I get don't get that, that necessarily. And either, I but... wonder. In and like one of my problems with it is that there's so many storylines going on. It's yes. it's kind of like mm-hmm. this where like, it, Jackie Brown is like there's like they're planning a heist and it's like really mm-hmm. complicated. Um, and there's so much going on there that I have trouble kind of keeping track of all of it and the emotional beats of all of it. And yeah. I kind of wish it had done chapter titles or like um what was i watching recently oh it was an episode of the west wing uh where like they they kind of like tell the same story that right. takes place over the same amount of time but like from different perspectives from different it kind of builds up yeah. like, like the arrested vantage development point. season four right or, or vantage, vantage point, point. Yeah. yeah um well and i think it's too like i had Should we watch a... vantage point as a as a picky mm, nah. i think we missed it I think we talked about it, and you idiots wanted to do Cloverfield. <laughs> um, I mean, but I I would still rather talk about Cloverfield than Vantage Point. Vantage Point, though, it's the twenty four movie. Um, we oh, did I know. Miss it. <clears throat> but um, I think it's because I Hateful Eight was a really big experience for me in theaters because I detested that movie, and it really started making me 
a little more sensitive to what I think are Tarantino's bad habits. And he does a lot of those kind of like chapters and I, th- that movie just has a lot of things I don't like. So it made me kind of pay attention to it. And I just like, I want the, the two things I want from Tarantino now, and he's his own dude. He can do whatever he wants, whatever. And I will still like it. Like he I has, like this movie. He has your permission. He has my permission. I want him to make a modern movie again, like set modern day or yeah. future. One of those two options. Um, I kind of would, I think it would be great if we had a Tarantino movie that was essentially just about one character again i guess we you do have it in kill bill but there mm-hmm. are random cutaways and all kinds of stuff where he gives I mean, you miles yes of but that that is her story that's the story of the bread that is one of his most focused movies i think but yeah on one character i mean that's what i mean i feel like if you're saying kill bill isn't a character a movie focused on one character you're almost no, it asking is. Like, I'm, I'm saying okay, it okay. is. I'm saying it is his most, but he still he still feels like, oh, I've got to cut away and explain a big thing or I've got to do this sequence. I don't, I yeah, don't know. But I, like, I, I mean, you're I don't know. He can have more than one character. That's that's fine. Yeah, that's I mean, like thing. I just am tired of Tarantino doing fully the Tarantino stuff. I think I think I've seen his bag of tricks and like it's good, but I want to see something. Well, you know, I like him. lucky I, for you. He's only making one more movie. So <sighs> yeah, that's what so. he said, like three movies ago and also two movies ago. No, he's also he's, in his. No, he said, he no, said you're 10. thinking of your favorite director, Soderbergh, who Soderbergh only retired two, once, twice. I'm okay, twice. Sure it's been twice. No, um, said twice. he wants to make Tarantino 10. has said ten. He yeah. said ten the whole time. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm asking someone to do something antithetical to their personal. I mean, interest. yeah, I, I just that... personally am getting a little tired. I, I, it's not working for me in the same way anymore. I think that Kill Bill is your focused on one character modern day movie. Uh, and also has shots of feet, as Chad is pointing out behind us. Yeah. Um, and I mean, like Jackie Brown is also modern day, so in, in, enjoy those. Uh, I know I'm I'm saying like return that, to like, that. Pulp Fiction was modern day. I, it's not. I'm not saying that he hasn't done it. I think I want him to kind of. He got in the everything has to be said in the past. I um, think that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was a good step towards modernity. Yeah. Right. It's said yes. in the past mm-hmm. hundred years. Um, right. I guess Inglorious Bastards was too, but you know, every like, I think what I didn't like about Hateful Eight is that it felt so grand. Like he was like, "I'm back, the master's back," and he's gonna tell a big story. And like when you aim high and miss, it feels like a big miss, no matter how close you are. Yeah, I really. But I think that like the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was like it's like a hangout movie, and like the thing about a hangout movie is like. If you miss your target, you're still making a fucking hangout movie and it's like fun and chill and like good vibes. Yeah. I mean, good vibes for a Tarantino movie. Like people still get fucking killed. Yeah. Right. Um, and bad they have, people. To have the ultra violence at the end. But I mean, I don't know. I kind of like the violence at the end. They were going to kill Sharon Tate. <laughs> but the movie doesn't have to be about that. I don't know. Um, but it was about that. <laughs> But it doesn't have to be like. But that's it was. His, he, he he. That's like w- saying this movie didn't have to be about Nazis. No, it's not the same thing because the story he's trying to tell about an aging movie star and all of that could have been completely pulled away from the Sharon Tate part of the story and would have worked just. as But well. it wasn't. 
It's what he but wanted. But it wasn't, to and that's not as good. We might revisit this conversation when we get to 2019. Oh, oh, oh we will. Um, so I'm going to reserve my opinion in, until that time. And also, God, I can't wait that we have to talk about a million more Tarantino movies. Keeping us in literally I, one just, more It's just Tarantino this and then that one. Like that's Unless okay. someone picks Django, which I'm, I'm I probably won't. I might rewatch it. It's been a while, but yeah. Um, a million. Why is Tarantino? Yeah, sorry. I, I think the guy who everybody worships at is fine, is my take. No, I mean, I, I think like this movie, the three that I'll end up picking, I think are like his three best movies. I think they're very good. Right. But I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I think him being Cody, the end all, be all movie... director for college boys. End all be all. I'm not even I, saying these are my three favorite movies of the podcast. Just for the years. That they no, get. I know. I know. I know. I'm not blaming you. I'm blaming uh, our fixation on him. This is the year that hey, Tarantino becomes. I've got a webcomic to show you. I'm going to pinch your lips shut. And I'm going to tell you, uh-huh. let people like things. And that's the webcomic. This I'm has been Chad describes a meme. I'm not saying anybody <laughs> can't like things. I ultimately I know, like I this movie i just think cody's that... co- this is a classic situation where cody agrees with people he hates and it makes him mad <laughs> it's not even that i i i think i think that mark might actually be onto something here no it's the I... whole fight club thing it's like you want to like that movie so bad but like you want to hold it at arm's length at the same no, time I, th- I mean that's a movie i think is good but fine i think it is more just people think tarantino is perfect and every decision he makes is perfect and i think that's more of what i i am think that's against. only the case uh mm, actually that's never the case because <laughs> yeah i don't once upon a time in hollywood just like margot robbie's dirty feet up on the up on i the think the band. sharon tate stuff in the movie's no good is but we'll talk about no, it it's, it's pretty good but the but the fact that her feet nothing. were dirty in her shoes when she mm-hmm. props her feet up on the She's a great non-character. Um, but no, she captures something special, and we're going to talk about it in five years when we get to that. Yeah, she captures males' fixation on women nope. that they can't nope. attain. Nope. and that's not yep, what's going on does. there. And I'm going nope, to talk fully about it, it is. in five years. Uh, um, but let's talk about alumni. Who else oh, have yeah. we seen before? So Brad Pitt, we've talked about. Quentin Tarantino, we've talked about. Yep. Um, uh, can we go through Christoph Waltz's filmography more? <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> no, I don't think there's anything Christoph he's Waltz been in. Um, I am racking my brain. We haven't talked about any Eli Roth movies other than in the Cineplex. Um, did we even do that? Oh, uh, yeah, we talked about a man with the cock in his balls. <laughs> we did. <laughs> We did. I actually. think I also We've mentioned. We've been doing the podcast that long. I think I also mentioned that I watched Death Wish on the pod once, and oh, I didn't right, like which it. Which he did direct. Yeah. Um, there's three more. There's three more. I mean, um, Daniel the- Brühl is in Civil War. No, we haven't talked about that. Hmm. Are they the bastards? Nope. None of them are what the bastards. About- nope. Is Melanie Laurent in something we've watched? Nope. I don't think so. <laughs> Nope. Um, is is it the other girl? Yep, Julie Diane Dreyfus Kruger, is in something oh. that we covered. I think I believe she is in Kill Bill. 
Okay. Um, yeah. Diane Kruger? No. Okay. Is Mike Myers in something? No. <laughs> we Wait. did talk about Shrek the musical. But we didn't talk about Shrek. Mm. What uh okay, what are they? I'm I'm we're clearly drawing a blank. Harvey oh. Keitel plays an uncredited role. Okay, okay, let me let me stop. Let me stop. Yeah. Pause. Oh. Is Fassbender in something? No. No. I okay, just I, I I looked through the the cast list, which is cheating, but while watching the movie, I did hear a voice and say, right. Oh, I gotta remember this because he's an alumni. It's right. the narrator. It's Samuel, Samuel L. Jackson is making his sixth, the- <laughs> making his sixth appearance. He is the most. Um, he's wow. appeared more than anybody else. So now it is time do, 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 for Cape Check. Are you Daniel Bro? Samuel L. Jackson. Okay, so Samuel Jackson, he is in Nick Fury, so many things as Nick Fury. Things, yeah. Daniel Brohl is in Civil War and Falcon Fast, and Winter Soldier. Fassbender is Magneto. Fassbender is Magneto. Yes, also Assassin's Creed, which is kind of a superhero thing, but mm. not quite, but still. Um, okay. How many more? I'm waiting. Um, there are uh, four more. Does Has Mike Eli Myers Roth made- count? Eli Roth is now I can't remember why he's on this list but he is on this list interesting oh wait probably made some like fascist superhero movie or something I wrote I forget that I write it down here Eli Roth is in Toxic Avenger 4 (laughs) I will count that as a fascist superhero movie (laughs) okay who else um um, is BJ Novak in something? Yes. He plays Alistar Smith in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, who is Alistar Smith as the guy who eventually goes on to create the Spider Slayer. I thought it was called I thought it was Smythe. It might be Smythe. I don't fucking care. Um, who else? BJ Novak plays that character in that movie? Yes, he does. Uh, Felicity Jones plays yeah, fucking black, black, black cat. Black cat yeah. that never becomes it's a black It's almost cat. like they, they set up too much shit in that movie. Okay, almost. we got... Uh, one more. Wouldn't you guess Melanie Loren again? Uh, no. Is James Bond a superhero? No. Diane Kruger. Oh no, we do have two more. We do have two more. Diane Kruger saves the world in uh, National Treasure. She doesn't save the world. She just finds treasure. Um, and saves the world from the bad guys. Uh, Yeah, if they got their hands on the Declaration of Independence. That's a big deal. Why was that movie a big deal? <laughs> what, was, what was going on? Uh, yeah, they just were going to get the money. Yeah. So Christoph Waltz, what would he have been in? That's a superhero movie. Oh, Alita? Yes, Alita Battle okay. Angel. Sure, whatever. It, it, it definitely is. Okay, one more, one more, mm. one more, one more. One more. One day more. Is, is Melanie Loren in something? No. <laughs> going to keep guessing Melanie Loren. <laughs> no, it's not her. Is it one of the uh, bastards? Yes. Is it the Freaks and Geeks guy? No. No. Is it Paul Rust? No. What is it? Is it Brad Pitt's not in a superhero movie? Yes, he is, you dumb shits. He's in Deadpool 2. Oh, I forgot. Oh, yeah. I feel like it's Chad's Chad's job to remember all all of the cameos in Deadpool 2. Right, right. Matt Damon, Damon shows up as well. Yeah. And yeah. Rob Delaney. Rob Delaney is not a cameo. He's just in it. Yeah, yeah. He's great in it. I, lo- I like his part in that movie. Great movies. We should talk about those. Deadpools? Yeah. Those should be our piggies. 
Hey, um, hey, where hey. can people <laughs> where can people find you guys on the internet? And uh, what's a movie you're looking forward to? Oh, um, I am kind of looking forward to that Eric Andre movie coming to Netflix, um, Bad Trip, where. Oh, was that he, on the list I sent you? Is that coming? It is. That soon? Yeah. yeah. Whoa. Yeah. I'm so not going to watch that movie. That It does I mean, not seem for me. At I all. like the Eric Andre show. Right. And I feel like. Like uh, who's was is it Tiffany Haddish? That's it's in Tiffany this one? Haddish. I mean, yeah. it's essentially a yeah. bad grandpa type movie, and those just right, my but with favorite. with with people with drugs. Like. So it's it'll be it'll be funny. I'm sure. I'm sure I'll laugh. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. You can find me on the internet at Chad A. Oliver, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. You can also listen to my other podcast, uh, The Lord of the Rings Sentence, where I is that starting at this point? And we announced it last episode. We had, but you can listen to it. Um, cool. Probably this week. I know <laughs> yeah, I, like, I didn't know what the release date was. That's why I was shocked. Yeah, I've got like so many episodes backlogged at this point. You I need, need to start, to start, start releasing out. it. Uh, yes. So that's happening, and you can listen to it, and you can follow that account at LOTR Sentence on Twitter and Instagram. Mark, very fun, are you very exciting. And where can people find you? Um, Chad, I'm very excited about this next chapter of your life and maybe even the 30 chapters after that that's in the first book. Um, I am excited about The Father, uh, one of the, the Academy Father. Award nominations that I have not been able to see yet due to uh, it just not being released widely. Um, it's going to be on PVOD. It's paid video on demand. Um, cool cats. Isn't VOD normally paid? So now they delineate it as PVOD or SVOD. So SVOD is streaming mm. video on demand. Yeah, Interesting. Which is stupid IMO. But I mean, it does make more sense. It looks like Chad is telling Quentin Tarantino how to best frame that foot in his. Uh... No, he's talking to Kurt Russell. <laughs> oh, right. Um, but um, I think streaming should just be called streaming. <laughs> yeah, but like to be fair, like streaming is video that you can watch on demand. On demand, sure. Um, anywho, I'm excited about that. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterbox at Watlington Mark. Nobody ever asked me the questions. I always have to do it by myself. Hey, Cody, Cody uh, where can people find you self. and talk about You can Godzilla find me God. at Cody Lunsford underscore on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at Cody Lunsford on Letterboxd. Um, I have a new podcast coming out um, on the last Friday of the week. <laughs> last Friday of the month. It is called We Need to Talk About Spider-Man. It is a podcast where Chad and I need to talk about Spider-Man. We will be going through all of Spider-Cinema leading up to No Way Home, which comes out in December. Um, so we start off with Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, which was very fun to watch. Um, and a fun a episode to record. Yes, it was It was good. Um, a movie that I am excited about. Do you guys hear that rumbling in the distance? Do you see the light shooting up to the clouds? Do you see that giant axe come crashing through all your buildings? Yes, motherfuckers, Godzilla v. Kong has come. One will fall. They will travel to the hollow earth. Kong does have an axe. They will fight and Kong bows to no one. And that is what we must remember as we move into this period of our life post Godzilla v. Kong. Um, 
So yeah, that's what I'm excited for. Cool. Sounds good. Yeah. And no, so, where can we find you on Instagram? In I already did that. I already oh. did that. Uh, Sorry, I still know what Let's not. It's Inglorious Bastards, and we all agree because it's the first episode of the series. It's unanimous. Yeah. It's so just just close us out. I don't want. Yeah, we'll. Thing. I'll be interested to see how long this one lasts because we're talking about very different movies for the rest of the series. So that'll be interesting, guys. I think it's the everybody beauty will of have this a good show. Time. No one would ever think to compare. Wally to Inglorious Bastards, but on this show, we're we also not gonna we're not gonna do that, right? Because it's still, it's still no country. Some... Not yet. We that's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. no country. Or, no, did Wally win? I don't remember. Um, did anyone wrote, write it? No, down. no country. Did no anyone country write it down? Me. Okay, I, cool. I I do my job of being the note man. Um, so thanks everybody for listening. A river dirty. Next episode, we talk about the Disney classic, one of my favorite Disney animated movies, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Cody, you look like you have something to say about my favorite Disney animated well, it's, movie. It's streaming on Disney Plus, and you should it's probably on Disney tell them Plus. That. There you go. And it is animated. I mean, it's so stop, I don't know what your problem is it's here. Stop motion, and it's not. That's like a form of animation. It is a form, form of, of animation. animation. I wouldn't have argued that, but it is not. Dis the Walt Disney Animation Studios never made a stop motion film, so but it is it Disney. It can't be a Disney film because animation studios never done a stop motion film. Well, they so have now. No, they haven't. It's a twentieth. It's a Fox Searchlight movie. Of course, it's a Fox not, movie. It's Fantastic anymore. Mr. Fox, but it's a Disney <laughs> no, think, animated movie. I think it's. I think it's Searchlight. I don't we'll have this. Oh, whole, next you're gonna tell me the Fox in. and the Hound isn't a Disney movie because there's a Fox in that too. No, wow. that is a Disney movie because oh, it's made by the animation. Okay, studio. sure. I just, I just Cody I mean, makes no sense and he's stupid. I don't even think it's from a, I don't even think it's from an animation studio. I don't even know really who did it. All right, all right. Uh, well, the next one is Fantastic. Uh, I guess the question is like, everybody like, have a good Tim week. Burton, like, wasn't even on set. For all right, everybody, everybody then, have a good week. So was Wes Anderson even there for the okay? That it was it's actually right. it really it's like mostly he wrote. Okay, okay everybody. Like, like was in control over the framing of the set design. All right, and Roald Dahl and. It's like, I think we're done now. It's, <laughs> James and the Giant Peach is a Disney movie. But Everybody it's not have a Walt good Disney week. Animation Studio, so I did see the confusion there, but I don't really. Know. Okay, guys, have a good I mean, night. I-